Welcome to Radio Grognard, King Size, the OSR podcast with more stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi folks, Old Man Grognard here, hope you're all doing well, it's a nice day. Hey, I want to talk about verisimilitude for a moment, or several moments, <laughs> and we will talk about that after this. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. All right. Now... Versimilitude, roughly speaking, the definition is closer to the truth. And most, most uh, authors, filmmakers, you know, people like that, um, they, they, that's what they try to do. They try to give their, their stuff versimilitude so people can believe it. Because it falls under what I, something that what I've always said, and that truth games too, which is, I don't care if something's possible. I care if it's probable. You know, like all things being equal. And that gives me a lot of room, a lot of room to do something in a game. Because what you do is you establish the ground rules of the world first. If the world has magic, then the possibilities are a lot bigger than the real world. If they have, if the world has superpowers, it has a lot more possibilities. If, if people fly to another planet on a regular basis, a lot more possibilities. I think you get where I'm going with this because I want, I want as many things as I can think of, possibilities as I can think of with my campaign world. And I think every GM should have that. Now, what I'm, what I'm trying to get at here is game systems. Okay. I like game systems that don't get in its own way. I think the current edition of like D&D or Pathfinder, a lot of times get in their own way, at least on the player's side, because it gives them too many choices. And as you know, my other motto is art is a taking away. What you do is you got to start limiting them. So you do house rules and things like that. Once you limit them, you want to see what they can do within those limitations. Now, thinking out of the box is part of that. Because they may come up with something within their limita those limitations that you never even thought of. So that's a good thing. And you've set up the world... So these things are possible. Once again, verisimilitude. Okay? Now, what I'm not saying that D&D or Pathfinder are bad games. I'm, you know, I'm just not saying. Just there are certain games that just they get in their own way. And because I like I like first of all, I like simpler systems. That's my personal preference. Um 
And what you can do if you do deal with these other games is you got to sit down. In fact, you should do this with every game, even the simple ones, every game. You sit down and look at the rules and look at how everything works and say, what can I do without? What is the bare minimum I can use in this game where it's still the game? That's where you should, that's what you should think about. Every, every game master should think about that. And this is going out to the new ones. And so you've got to sit down and go, okay, what do I need? I need stats in, in a certain way. I mean, there are games that don't have any stats, but they, they make up for it by other, other means like fate and things like that. And okay, you need stats. You need a way to fight. Combat, okay? Encounters, combat. You got to figure out how that's go. that goes. What else? Um, a monetary system. You know, what do you do? Do you, do you have a gold piece system, a silver piece system? Do you trade chickens for hogs? How do you do this? That kind of thing. And if you're in a fantasy world, and other things like a super world, a fantasy world, what do you have as extraordinary abilities? Are there superpowers is there a magic system for this world? And so right there, you have four things that are your minimums. They're your minimums. This, this almost smacks against my talking about benchmarks. You know, the average. But I'm not going to get into that because that's, you know, that's, <laughs> I'm not talking about that now. But you've got, for the first four things, you got stats, you got combat, you got monetary system, you got special abilities or whatever abilities. Sometimes you're playing like spies or something like that. You know, you'll have gadgets and things like that, whatever. But you get, you get my point. I don't like role playing games that feel there are some, there are some role playing games. Okay. This is once again a personal opinion. There are some role playing games out there that Everything feels, not everything feels, but it feels tacked on. Like they sort of made it up as you go along. One of my bugaboos is the palladium system. Because it just feels like, especially when they try and do stuff like Heroes Unlimited, the supers version. It seems like there is a, there is a subsystem to play for every single type of super out there. And... I'm always looking for the unifier, you know, one system that works without all this other stuff. Other game, there are also games that have gotten to that point. Second, third, fourth, fifth edition, current edition of D&D, where you can tack this stuff on. And I mean, it even started back in first edition when like Gary came up with the psionics rules. That to me felt tacked on. And this is the kind of thing where I say it's optional. I don't need it. You know, we're not dealing with psionics or whatever. Or, you know, you get rid of the stuff you don't want. I don't want weapon speed. I got rid of it. You know, that kind of thing. Like I said, they come up with this stuff and you, I don't know, there are, there are people out there who expect you to, to do it by the book and use every single thing they have. You know, we all remember second edition of the Splat books. Oh, yeah. But... You see, and you just can't do that. You've got to edit it. Not only edit down your scenarios and stuff, but edit your game. 
find out what's the minimum I can minimum I can use. Now, once you do that, now you can run it. Okay, fine, you run it. But now you've got it limited to what you want. Go back and look at the rules again and find out what you would like to add back on. Maybe you do like weapon speed, so you want to use it. Maybe you do like this other thing, then you and you're going to use it. But the thing is, you've yes, you've got it down to the minimum. You're adding stuff back, but you're adding stuff back that you want that you think belongs in the game, not because of the whole game system says you have to have it. It's just you know this is and then you have like your game. This is your game. And, you know, I didn't even get into house rules. I mean, this, this could be, you know, that can be considered house rules. You know, the stuff you add back. But, you know, if you've got a better way to do it, then, you know, put it in there. House rules. And then you have your game. You have your game that you can run. I like games that I can run off the top of my head. That I've been playing and running for so long that I just know it like second nature. Things like BXDND or First Edition. I can run that stuff in my sleep. That's why I like Hyperborea so much, because it's based on First Edition ADD. It's very easy to eat, very easy to run. I seem to remember my first, okay, a little anecdote time. My first computer was a Mac Plus. In fact, it wasn't even my computer, it was my girlfriend's computer way back when. She got it when she was going to San Jose State. And she got it from the bookstore, so she got, you know, a discount, and, you know, she was a student. And she explained to me, somebody told her, and she believed it, that before that, all you had was, like, DOS systems, you know, like Apple IIs or Windows, not even, not even Windows, DOS, you know, that kind of thing. But you had, like, you had word processors and things like that. But the point is, the, the Mac was very visually oriented, had that whole, you know, WYSIWYG type base that every computer has now. And I said, do you like that? And she says, yes, because if I want to use a word processor, I don't have to worry about getting the word processor program to work to do my work. In other words, the computer got in the way of itself trying to, but, but because the point, the point is she wrote, you know, papers and things and she doesn't want to have to worry about, you know, if it's, if this is going to be saved, if this is going to be, you know, if it's going to work, if every time I boot it up, it works. It's not like I have the wrong, you know, the wrong code or the wrong, whatever. I didn't tell it to run the right thing. You know, she says, and to, to do things like putting, you know, formatting, things like that. All I have to do is click with the mouse. And that to me is an example, not Mac, but the other computers, an example of computers getting in their own way. And you can get in your own way too. You know, you, you can, these systems can get, can get in their own way. And this is why you have to do this. I think every GM should do this because Lord knows I've, like I said, I run this stuff in my sleep, but there are certain things I use and not use. So think about that when you're starting your GMing career or even, you know, guys have been doing it for a while, like me, you know, I had to think, you know, I had to think about that too at one time.
Anyway, I got to go start my day. So if you guys want to talk to me about this or anything else, oldmangrognardgmail.com or drop me a voicemail at Spotify for podcasters. And we are, we are monetized. So as little as 99 cents a month, you too can help support this program. I would thank you. If you want to do a single donation, go to my Kofi page, ko-fi.com slash oldmangrognard or my PayPal tip jar, paypal.me slash oldmangrognard. Those things get lonely. But let me thank these people who do give to me monthly. Juan Carlos Llewellyn, Gilbert Soros, and Benjamin Brodell. Thank you, guys. You're great. For other good podcasters, Dan Gregg's The Young Y-U-N-G Young Grognard Podcast, Kevin at the Red Caps Podcast, Daniel Norton's Bandits Keep Podcast, Randy and Joe's Biggest Geekest Podcast, Big John Allen Large's The Red Dice Diaries, and my friend Eric Tinkar's Tavern Chat. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. You got questions? You got comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. Tune in next time when Radio Grognard King Size is on the air. <laughs>